softer and softer. That's the name of today's little wee transmission, softer and softer. And for today, I want to talk about nourishing the yin. And of course, on two little minis ago, we talked about yin and winter and all of that. But I want to expand on nourishing the yin and how it relates to this age of Aquarius that we're in, how it relates to transhumanism, transsexualism, and how it relates to some of the, quote, beauty trends that we're seeing nowadays that are anything but yin. Now, to start off, typically, women are more yin and men are more yang. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to believe that was true, looking around these days and seeing the way the sexes look. Men are looking more estrogenic and yin in not a way that you'd want a woman to be in like in a soft way it's good for women to be soft it's not such a good look for men to be soft doesn't mean that men can't be sensitive and emotional but when we look at the sexes in a physical way women are supposed to have a softness to them men are supposed to have more of a a hardness to them i don't mean an emotional hardness this is just how we're supposed to look and if you look around these days you see men who are prematurely losing their hair they have these tremendously large bellies it may not even be from beer they're developing hips almost like a woman has like that extra adipose tissue around the hips and some men are so feminized and so um, so yin they're actually developing what's called lordosis which is when the lower spine of a woman kind of curves out which tends to be one of the most sexually appetizing aspects of a woman's body especially to men as women have that little curve in the back and of course when a woman's pregnant it becomes even more exaggerated you'll never see this on a hollywood actress who's quote pregnant because those are those are men it would be impossible unless of course they had been estrogenicized or <laughs> eugenic i guess it would be a estro euthanization or something some crazy thing like that but you're noticing if out in public i'm seeing it men having this kind of lordosis thing where the back kind of curves like a woman with the with the full hips with the large belly they almost look like women who are pregnant i even wonder i'm like is this is this a woman with a mustache and you know facial hair and taking testosterone for a deep voice is this literally a woman masquerading as a guy or is this just a guy that's been you know the victim of estrogen and uh, yin excess and the victim of the skexis essentially. And then with women, we see the opposite. We see women who are really hard looking, who have very low body fat, who have uh, very hard looking faces, and they just don't really look like women anymore. Especially we see this online with some of these quote fitness influencers who have these very, very hard bodies, yet they have a lot of these hormonal issues going on and they may have a six pack and that's not really a natural look for a woman it's natural to have a toned stomach sure but not to you know have like a rock hard six pack that takes either a lot of abuse for the body it takes plastic surgery it takes implants but we see kind of in society we have like every generation or every kind of decade we've had a look for women like a look in the 80s was very different compared to in the 90s when that pneumatic look of having like tremendous breast implants started to happen then about mm, 10 15 years ago having that tremendous booty was was the thing right so now it's swinging back as the pendulum always swings from yin to yang and zog loves extremes we know that so now the trend is actually going back to that early 90s trend i know a lot of you gen xers remember this 
the 90s heroine chic. Remember that? That Calvin Klein look where these could have been guys too. Who knows? But it was that very thin, gaunt look. And of course, like I said earlier, in, in context of, of pregnancy or quote pregnancy for Hollywood actresses, it could just be these are trannies who have no hip fat, no facial fat, you know, no no breasts essentially, no no arm fat. But now we're seeing this heroine chic look gain momentum. People are getting tired of the booty implants, tired of the breast implants, tired of this kind of like pneumatic negrified Kardashian look and they're going for this 90s heroin chic and there's this trendy thing that's going on in the plastic surgery world called buccal fat removal and there's something in your cheek where you have a little bit of fat sometimes people who have a lot of it have what's called like a chipmunk cheek where they have very very full cheeks they typically have like a baby face until they're in their maybe their 30s or their 40s and sometimes someone like that if they do get this removal they may slightly benefit from looking different or better in their eyes but people who don't have this who think it's going to give them more of this defined cheekbone and remember that men have sharper faces it's not women women have the softer yin faces we've been conditioned to think that women are supposed to have these sharp angular faces remember the 80s trend of the makeup with the contouring of the cheeks and the big shoulder pads that's all tranny shit obviously so you see these, quote, actresses in Hollywood who have this buccal fat removal and they end up looking like these heroin chic models of the 90s. They have this very young, kind of like emaciated look. And now there are people, you know, just regular people in real life, not celebrities, who are getting this because they're slaves to all the Zog trends. And then a couple of years later, once they're out of their 20s and they're in their 30s or 40s, they end up like aging like 10 years even more than they've already aged because they've gotten rid of this youthful fat in their face. So we have a big problem in this age of Aquarius, in this age of transhumanism, transsexualism, inversion, with the sexes kind of doing this dance of up and down where women are becoming hard and aggressive and just too muscular and too lean and men are becoming like soft and estrogenic. And I kind of see the weakening, and I'm talking, you know, mainly in the context of the white race, I see what they've done to white men by making them, you know, have these female bodies, you know, doing things so they lose their hair. And then consequentially, white women see men who are non-white and say, oh, that's a more masculine young man. He's got his hair. He can grow a full beard, full chest hair. He doesn't have a huge belly or huge hips or lordosis, right? So we see what Big Z has done and how this has affected the sexes. We also, of course, on top of that, have homosexuality. We have transsexualism. We have transhumanism. So this whole age of Aquarius has been really fiddling with the way people are naturally supposed to look. And it's not just a thing that's like a tranny thing. It affects everybody. So today I want to talk about how we can nourish the yin, right? How we can do that and how we can kind of make ourselves softer. And this is for guys and gals, because even if guys have this overly yin look, they're probably still living this go, 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 go lifestyle, which is very young, right? So we have to find the balance. We have to figure out a way to make this work for us contextually, as opposed to basically tranifying ourselves. That would be Big Z's goal. You don't actually have to go to the doctor and cut something off or take hormones or have sex with the same sex. 
you could easily become tranified in this age of Aquarius, this age of transhumanism, just by making poor dietary and lifestyle choices, right? So there are many ways to figure out how we can tell if we are yin deficient. A good way to do this is take a piece of paper, very simple. Make two columns, name the first one yang, the other one yin, and write all of your yang activities, such as active endeavors like um, your job, going to the gym, etc. Then write all your yin activities, meditation, being outdoors, sleeping. These are the things that help you restore and rejuvenate. So then compare the columns. Which one is longer? And remember, you need a balance of yin and yang. You need those to be in harmony because we talked last time about what's your type. And if we don't have that in balance, we're going to come up with key deficiency, uh, blood deficiency, yin deficiency, uh, dampness, blood stasis, right? So we have to think of ways to nourish the yin. So how can we nourish our yin? Here are some little groovy tips. Sleeping nightly between 10 and 6 or, you know, getting to bed, turning in basically around the sweet spot time of 9 to 11. So not staying up late, like... Let's think of a way you could destroy your yin and actually, if you were a male, you could yinify yourself and essentially feminize yourself. Or if you were a woman, you could make yourself more hard and more young. A perfect example of that would be staying up late, staring at a screen, um, mindlessly snacking on junk food, engaging in some type of uh, crazed discourse on Twitter or one of the anti-social medias with someone you don't even know what they look like, right? Especially not using your blue blocker glasses. I mean, doing this with your blue blocker glasses on is still not a good idea because then you're just cheating what's a shitty thing to do anyway. So sleeping nightly from 10 to 6, maybe 11 to 7, maybe 9 to 5, right? The other 9 to 5. Waking up without an alarm clock. Definitely not using your phone as an alarm clock. That is a massive faux pas. And for anyone who's like, oh, I have to use it, you do not. You can get a regular alarm clock on Amazon Primate for like 10 or 20 bucks. So you do not have to do that. Resting, taking vacations or staycations. This is ways to nourish the yin. Drinking adequate fluid during the day to hydrate the body. And this doesn't include caffeine and alcohol. If you want to have those, you have to keep them in context but these are not hydrating fluids. Water, broth, milk, um, some herbal teas, these would be things that hydrate. You also want to make sure not to have too many caffeinated beverages that can also um, fiddle with nourishing your yin. Making sure you take in healthful fats, but not too much because of course that can block your, um, your liver function and slow everything down. So examples of good full fats would be dairy, avocado, high quality oils, maybe like an olive oil or something like that, a light sesame oil. Nuts could be something too. Of course, you don't want to binge out on nuts. I mean, having like a handful, I don't mean eating an entire jar of almond or peanut butter. If someone's doing that, they probably have to look into ways to balance themselves and why they're doing it. I'm always interested in the why behind why somebody is doing something or feeling some way, because if we get to the why, we can figure out the root and get to a solution, right? Also taking in organic and local meats. And of course, it depends on your constitution. If someone's dealing with dampness and maybe they're a little overweight and they want to, you know, lose that dampness, you wouldn't be eating a lot of fatty meats. If someone was really, really skinny and very deficient, maybe they would want more of that, right? 
Being outdoors in nature, that nourishes the yin. Participating in slow or still moving activities like yoga, meditation, tai chi. Taking time daily to experience stillness. Stillness is not scrolling your phone. Stillness is doing nothing. Something that is very undervalued in this society. We always need to be on a coffee break, a smoke break, a phone break, right? How about just doing nothing, right? Think about that. Think about how most people eat their breakfast. It's on a rush. It's perhaps standing up. Who actually sits down and takes a good 20 minutes to eat a warm breakfast? And cold cereal is not breakfast. A smoothie is not breakfast. Coffee is not breakfast. Something warm and nourishing that takes a little bit of time to eat is breakfast. All of this will nourish the yin as well. Having gratitude, being thankful, being thankful for friends, family, being thankful for health, being thankful to be able to afford food, being thankful for being alive. These are all things that nourish the yin. Staying home in the evening hours will also nourish the yin. The yin is the evening time. So going out and partying and that can be fun on occasion. But if that's someone's lifestyle, especially as years go on, that is not going to be very yin supportive to be partying all the time, doing a yang activity during the yin hours, just like it would make more sense if we wanted to listen to like fast paced music, like some trance music or something. We would do it during the yang time of day, which would be the morning hours and the afternoon hours, as opposed to at night, we wouldn't start blasting some electronic music right before bed. Right? We really wouldn't make a lot of sense. So those are some ways that we can nourish our yin as we live in this ever encroaching yang world. And the whole idea of being on call 24 seven on your mobile, that depletes yin. Even staring at a screen for too long can deplete yin, especially during the bleed. This is for ladies who are menstruating. Staring at a screen, especially during your bleed time, that's a good way to get blood deficiency. Uh, even if you don't have your menstrual cycle, like let's say watching too much TV, falling asleep with the TV on, all of this can cause blood deficiency and blood is a yin fluid, right? So a lot of these illnesses and diseases that tend to creep up on people as they go on in their years, these are lifestyle diseases, right? And we don't want to let our yin run dry because our yin is our our softness, it's our wetness, and it's so easy to get dry and hard and young in this society, especially for women who are the softer sex. And men can get overly young too, but it affects them in a way where they almost get this feminized uh, appearance. It's, it's very weird. And I look when I'm out at people, I'm not looking at them, you know, in hopes of sexual stimulation. I'm looking at them, just seeing them kind of like, almost like studying them. And I'm hard pressed to really see a lot of people these days who actually look good. I, I typically see more women who look more balanced than men. And I've run this by other people. I've run it by men too. And some men will say like, wow, men out there really, they really don't look very good. So this is, um, this is a big problem. It's happened very shortly too. We see just in a couple of generations how we've had so much degeneration of young people that we never really had in the past. Now we have a situation, I think, where the Gen Z, it could be Generation Zyklon, it could be Generation Zog, I think 40% of that generation has been medicated by the time they were youngsters on some type of psychotropic drug for some of a made up thing like ADHD. The Oy Vey that invented ADHD 
actually said years later that the whole thing was a hoax diagnosis and it was just a way to pathologize something and basically put people on drugs. I mean, obviously, and if someone has an imbalance, we don't medicate. We find out the root of why the imbalance is happening because over time, the medication will actually make the imbalance worse, right? Buy now, pay later. That's what allopathy is all about. Let me just take a sip of liquid. I'm, I'm in the sauna right now doing a little bit of saunaing. It's snowing actually where I am. It's kind of like a, a loose, wet snow. So yeah, preserving our, our jing, uh, and that has to do with preserving um, our yin. So we inherit some jing or essence from our parents. You could say that was quote, genetic. And we also create new jing from the air we breathe and the food we eat. So if we're breathing shallowly and we're eating xyo sludge, what's our jing going to be like? Hmm. This is the nucleus of our get up and go, the foundation for our zest in life. If our parents were old and ill when they conceived, we will inherit less jing. If we indulge in too much sax, drugs, and rock and roll, we will burn through our jing. If we breathe poor air or breathe shallowly, shallowly, we will add less jing to our kidney stores. If digestion is impaired or if we eat ill-quality food, we will create less jing. Ultimately, when we run out of jing, we die. So sex, sex, um, kidney energy or key provides the juice for sexual desire, fertility, reproduction, and growth. That's why when people get older, oftentimes they lose the um, appetite for sex. And we're told oftentimes in, you know, Western culture that this is normal. They usually say it's something that happens only to women, which is not true. It happens to men too. And GNM says the same thing too. It's, it takes a very misogynistic thing. Like if you read the GNM dramatic medicine books, there's nothing even in there about low libido in men. Like, oh, it couldn't possibly happen to a guy. It's only a woman's problem. And that's not true. It could happen to either sex. So kidney key would be similar in the Western modality to the endocrine or the hormonal system. So substances that stress the adrenal glands like caffeine will drain the key and deficient key will mean issues with fertility, slow growth, libido, and aging. And of course, all of this pleases Big Z so much. And of course, if we overuse our jing, like what happens to someone who's fastidiously watching pornography, especially if they're exposing? Don't you think that's going to catch up with them and ruin their jing? Think about all these kids who aren't even like 10 who have already got habituated to that, that terrible um, activity. What's going to happen to them when they're about the age of like 20 or so? What's their jing going to be like, right? So Big Z knows full well. They know about jing. They know about qi. They know about shen, which is the spirit. Qi, of course, being energy. Jing being um, essence. They know full well what to implicate or what to implement out there to basically fiddle with people's essence. Think about the Skeksis and the Dark Crystal, right? They were energy stealers. They were stealing essence. This is what Big Z does. And I think oftentimes people forget and they think that Big Z wants us dead. They don't want us dead. Then there would be no ball of string to play with. Imagine that all the people that Big Z is like, you know, fiddling with and basically having a good time with, it's like a kitten with a ball of string. If there was no ball of string, this would not be fun for them. So they don't want us dead. They want us docile. They want us capricious and they want us distracted, right? Because if we're dead, there's no more ball to play with. So that's how it really works. If they wanted us all dead, 
They would just put something into the air or drop something and everyone would be dead. And that wouldn't be fun anymore. It's a game of slow torture for them. Just like if vaccines were designed solely to kill, everybody who ever got a vaccine once would be dead. And that's not any fun for them. So always remember that, that it's a slow game of weakening your essence, stealing your energy and obliterating your spirit. That's their goal. It's not to kill you. If it was, it would have been over many, many, many years ago. So that's a little bit about Jing from the essence perspective of um, the, quote, genetics from your parents, how it relates to sex. Uh, what else can we talk about, Jing? Let's talk about some symptoms of um, like kidney yin deficiency or, or lack of yin. These symptoms can be things like having dry skin, dry eyes, vaginal dryness for women, uh, dark scanty urine, pale face with flushed cheeks, uh, a red peeled tongue, a rapid pulse, fatigue, irritability, um, feeling heat in the afternoon, night sweats, hot flashes. And a lot of this sometimes is associated with hormonal imbalance. It's associated with a thyroid disorder. But if we just go about it from the alternative, radical, or conventional perspective, we're never going to get to the root of it because every single person manifests a pattern differently. That's why this pro-metabolic diet doesn't work for a lot of people. It doesn't work for a person who has a lot of internal heat because those foods are very heating, right? So raising the metabolism when someone has let's say an organ lag, and they're already dealing with excess of heat and yin deficiency, it's not going to work. It's any, anything that's gonna make them hotter, and it's gonna make them more irritable, and it's gonna make them put on weight. Emotional and mental signs of being deficient in yin could be agitation, panic attacks, wired but tired, and a sense of floating or being drained. So nutritionally, we have to focus on foods that build the yin or the moisture, as well as nourishing the kidney energy. So we don't necessarily want to heat the body up by raising the metabolism because that is not going to deal with making the body wetter and more nourished. Those are signs of youth, right? Having a wet yoni, having soft, supple skin, right? Does heating up the body sound like a way to do this? Possibly not, right? Especially if you're heating it up with foods that may not be congruent to someone's TCM type. So that's why it's really hard. I've been asked many times by people, can you just put out a diet for white people? Just put out something for all of us to eat. I can't because it's different for all of us. We're all going to be using different foods. For someone who's young, deficient, who's dealing with all different types of, you know, cold and cold hands and cold feet. Maybe something like red meat would be a good fit for them, right? For someone who's already runs hot, who sweats a lot, who's on the dry side, they need something that's going to nourish their yin. Red meat is really not going to work for them. So let's talk about some foods now that can build the kidney yin. So water, of course, is good because that's moisture. We talked about that earlier. Some salty flavored foods are good too. Sea salt, miso, tamari, even little bits of raw sauerkraut or kimchi. And I don't like to go intense on the fermented foods, but a little bit can facilitate digestion and it's salty so that can nourish the, uh, the kidney yin. Kidney shaped foods, black beans, kidney beans. Most beans actually are wonderful for nourishing the yin because beans are kidney shaped and they're seeds and they have potential for new life. So these foods in TCM have been considered especially nourishing to the kidneys. 
You could also experiment with blue and black foods, blueberries, blackberries, mulberry. Those are all kidney uh, strengthening foods, things like seaweed and black sesame seeds. Uh, seafood actually is lighter and yinner than things like uh, land meat. So that's something else that can help. Uh, certain nuts like walnut and chestnut are recommended for kidney energy. Animal product wise to nourish the kidney yin, pork and duck, uh, eggs, things like that. Um, pork and duck are considered to be moistening in TCM. So that's something else to consider about. You don't want to have too much fat. Some fat is okay. Lamb is a very warming meat. It's considered the most warming meat outside of mutton, but mutton's not too easy to source here in the States. So too much of that can make someone excessively warm. So when someone's already dealing with heat, they probably want to uh, cool it on the lamb and the red meat in uh, general. Things like bone marrow is also very good for nourishing the kidney in. Uh, broths and soups. I know myself, I love bone marrow. Even before I really was eating like meat on a regular basis, I always had this thing for bone marrow. So what I do is is once a month um, during the bleed time, I make uh, bone marrow. I just put it into the oven, roast it at 350 for 20 minutes, and then I serve it with some rye sourdough toast and some parsley. And I think it's a very nourishing food and, and I really love the way it tastes. Grains that would nourish the yin would be barley and millet. Vegetables could be things like asparagus, uh, cucumber, celery, any type of uh, leafy green. Melons can nourish the yin too because they're cooling and moistening fruit in general. You don't want to go too heavy on the fruit, but some fruit can be very moistening. Uh, mineral rich herbs like oat straw can actually strengthen the nerves. Uh, so that's something you can think about too. And there's a Chinese herb called Romagna. I don't have much um, experience with this, but it is thought to be one of the herbs used in a patent formula for kidney yin deficiency. So if it interests you, you could look into something called uh, Romagna. So basically to nourish the yin, you want to have your yin activities basically kind of be on par with your yang. You don't want your yang stuff dominating and you want to eat food that nourishes the kidney yin. So keeping a lifestyle where you do, you know, yang things during the yang time of day, which would be like the morning and the afternoon, and then doing more yin things during the yin time of day, like winding down, which is something that's become almost foreign in this culture these days, winding down, you know, it's such, such a go, go, go culture. But think about this as you go through life, especially if you're feeling a little depleted in some way, this is some easy, gentle tips to nourish the yin. So if it was easy listening for you on this little wee transmission on White Wellness Radio called Stronger and Stronger, I'm going to get back to my uh, sauna session now. I bid everyone a groovy Tuesday and we shall be connecting again soon. Until next time, Satnam.